What's up, Internet? You're tuned into episode one of We Watched Invincible. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined by almost all of the comics pals. We're missing Phil. I would say he's the worst one, but it just feels like I'm kicking him while he's down. So I'll go to the best one. Sean? Wow. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Number two, Marco? Misnamed it. It's called We Watched Winvincible. Oh, right. I forgot you didn't. Uh, you know, that's why you're number two, Marco. That's why you're number two. Yeah. All right. And then Kale? Listen, I don't want to be here. So <laughs> your number's in flux. All right, all right. You do good on this one, and maybe I'll maybe I'll be happy to bump you up from number five. I have Was bad you? news for you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, uh, as the name of this show suggests, we are here to discuss. Uh, I, I guess it's Amazon Prime's Invincible. I don't know how to discuss mm. it, but Invincible, the animated series. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, Invincible, my favorite comic. We just did the uh, book club, which went up on Tuesday, where we got to talk about the first 35 it's going up on will Tuesday. be going up. Will be going. I did this on the book club, too. <laughs> will be going up on Tuesday. So uh, Invincible is fresh on my mind. We all got a chance to watch the first three episodes that dropped today, uh, March 26th, of course, Invincible Friday. Uh, and we are here to dive into them. Um, so I think similar to how we handled uh, the book club and how we handled our, our Snyder cut review since there is so much here right three episodes three hours of content you know i don't want to get too bogged down in going in the episode by episode so you know let's just jump into our spoiler free thoughts before we get into the nitty-gritty um sean why don't you start sure so uh one of my primary complaints about the comic was that it felt like there were too many characters and it was overstuffed and at least in these first three episodes uh, they solved that there's a lot less repetition uh, and the story feels more streamlined than it did in the book, which I'm really happy to see. Uh, I thought that the animation was good. Um, and I thought that the voice acting was solid as well. Um, I did have some issues with it, but by and large, I think this is a, a solid product. Great. Marco? I, uh, I like the direction that they took, some of the changes that they made. Some of the other ones, I feel like uh, I, I didn't expect... And I think affected my enjoyment of them. Ooh, and okay. we'll get into some of that. Uh, the animation, the animation for action sequences, I think was fine. But for some of the, the slower moments, I think there were some issues uh, that that rubbed me the wrong way, just in terms of the way that the bodies moved and like timing and stuff. And uh, yeah, I think similarly the the sound editing, there was some there were some issues there as well that I. Uh, didn't necessarily enjoy but uh otherwise i think overall it was a good product outside of you know some of the the mistakes they might have yeah some of, like the technical stuff that didn't work for you yeah okay how about you kale i actually think i feel almost the exact opposite of sean hmm. um i gotta say i'm not that crazy about the voice cast um, and that was actually the part I was the most hyped about. Um, the the way they streamlined the story, I actually think I'm not crazy about either. Um, and the like Marco said, the sound editing. Um, the animation, like Marco said, like the, the way Mark, uh, Invincible, and Omni-Man for that matter, the way they fly uh, feels really cool. Um, but other than like the real action heavy scenes, to me, it feels very um, 
uh, late era DC animated movies. Yes. Yep. Very uh, stiff. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Sure. <clears throat> so as for me, um, I think I think like seeing these three episodes, I think it's it's like exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, for for a number of reasons, and and I think that um, like some of the the technical stuff that that you guys uh, laid out, like I don't disagree with, but it's very much like uh, this is season one, right? Like, and I think it's the kind of thing where if the show's popular, the budget for animation will go up next season, right? So like to me, none of the technical stuff aside from the the sound issues that we called out, where it's just the balancing was not good. Like there were times where like the music was just too loud and I had to like toss on subtitles, you know, Mm. Um, which is something that, you know, um, I feel like I notice in a lot of dramas, you know, so like, I'm not exactly like, it's kind of whatever, right? Like that used to be a thing with me in game of Thrones. It used to be a thing with walking dead. So it is what it is. Um, I do it every time I watch like one of the Marvel Netflix shows, you know, cause like people will go from whispering to they're screaming at the top of their lungs and there's music playing. Um, so, you know, that kind of stuff aside in terms of, you know, how it addressed the story and, and, and the choices that were made in adapting it, I think, um, they were all choices that, that resonated with me. And, and I think that I, I do agree with Sean in terms of, um, I think, I think the pacing was tightened up in a way that's probably important for this change in medium. Um, because I think that, Hmm. you know, we talked about it, um, on the book club. And if you haven't read the book, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, the reveal of, of what happens with Omni-Man, right. Um, That, that is something that I think in, in a comic, like you really need more time, I think to be lulled into that false sense of security. Whereas with this, like it's an, it's an adaptation. There's only eight episodes in this first season and the way that they chose to um, change some of the key elements to make that more digestible and be able to move a little bit more quickly, I think we're smart um, and are things that will benefit for, you know, new um, people who are new to the series here. Um, but I also think that, you know, uh, because of the, the medium being different, there's more room for smaller moments and smaller characters to breathe a little bit. And I think that those were things that, um, that I, I liked as well, you know, and the fact that like, there are pretty significant changes and we'll, we'll talk about those a little bit in the spoiler section um, that make me excited that I'm not going to just see the same beats again, you know, because I've read the book and the book is great. Um, I'm excited that this can be something new. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it. Uh, I'm really glad that they dropped three episodes day one. I remember at first I was kind of like, that feels like overkill. Like you're getting so much of it up front. Um, but then when I got to the end of the third one, I was disappointed that I couldn't sit and just watch the entire thing because um, I had the day off and I would have. <laughs> and that's not usually my bag. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about it. I'm looking forward to watching more of it. And um, I think I think uh, I think it's it's what it needs to be. So let's let's jump into the spoiler uh, section. So if you haven't seen it yet, now's your chance. Um, come back when you've seen it and let us know what you think in the comments. And uh, of course, we'll be back next week with another episode uh, our review of episode four so uh if this is where you're jumping we'll catch you then all right so i think the thing that i want to start with uh, and i want to see if if you guys clocked this um so obviously we had talked about this on the show proper right kirkman has said that that 
the show is going to be kind of in a similar way to the Walking Dead adaption where like there would be new characters. Some characters would have different or expanded roles. Like the story was going to ebb and flow a little bit differently, even if it hit a lot of the same beats. Right. And you can already see how that's playing out here. Um, but something that I thought was really interesting was there was kind of a environmental bit of storytelling um, that, you know, confirmed to me that this is actually like supposed to be being presented as an alternate universe for Invincible. So um, if you guys will recall, right, uh, in the first issue, right, where we kind of cut to the present day and Mark's sitting on the toilet and he's reading his favorite comic book, Science Dog. Mm-hmm. Seance dog. It was Seance dog right. and this. And I didn't clock that when he was like I noticed the design was different on the cover, but it wasn't until he's talking to William at school and he says Seance dog and I rewound it and put on the subtitles to see if it was just like did Steven Yin just say that weird or or what? And it wasn't. So I rewound and looked and saw that that was actually the title on the book and later in his bedroom he's got a poster that mm-hmm. is originally science talking and he looks like Dr. Str- uh, Dr. Strange. Yeah. I, I did clock that at first, uh, the first time, um, because that, that was one of the funnier moments of the comic for me. So I, I, I did, uh, notice that it was seance dog first. Um, I guess uh, that it's a, an alternate universe is, is funny. But what, so other than what you just said, is there anything else that gives you the impression it's an alternate universe? So <clears throat> there's a lot of small changes, or I guess I should say there's a lot of changes, both big and small, right? So I think the reason I clock the seance dog thing as being specifically like an alternate universe deal is that there's a lot of playing with alternate universes in Invincible, right? Even just, you know, without spoiling anything past where we got in the book club, um, the stuff with Angstrom Levy, right? And mm. in that, he mentions how there are all these different versions of Mark. Um, and that's something that gets played with at some point in the book in a few different ways. And I'm wondering if that is laying a thread for us now so that can come home to roost later. Um, but in terms of, like, the stuff that's actually different, right? Like, the some of the small changes that I clocked is that the first time uh, that we see cecil interact with robot right like the team the team team is kind of like on his radar already and even though they're not officially part of the global defense um uh organization i can't remember the the last letter now but um he he already has that connection with them right like debbie we in in where we read in the book right she gets her realtor's license that's right when she is kind of all of a sudden she's got an empty nest and she's trying to find a new life for herself she already has that here right um Something that is, uh, well, there's one thing actually that's a bit of a spoiler for you guys in the book, but um, William uh, in this is out and gay. And that's something that is is kind of comes to roost in the book at a later point. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask about that. So there's, there's a lot of uh, kind of like smaller things like that, but then there's also kind of like the bigger changes that you've seen how they cascade through the story, which I think has been interesting. Like, in, right, again, we're in the spoiler section, right? So the last uh, scene of episode one is Nolan's confrontation with the Guardians, and that plays out in a totally different way, right? In the book, he goes and kills all of them one by one in in secret, right? And in this, he confronts all of them at once and, you know, is knocked unconscious, and it creates this 
you know, tension in the narrative, right? Of there's this mystery that, you know, um, Damien Darkblood, who is a minor, like, joke throwaway character in the book, um, is investigating here and now and, like, seems like he could actually, you know, potentially expose that secret. And, um, you know, because of that, right? Like, he's injured, so he's unconscious when the Flaxons invade. So that entire thing plays out differently because he's not there to wipe them out. And, you know, that's something that takes place over the course of a few issues in the book, and it kind of gets condensed in this storyline. And right because of that, Mark ends up, like, in the real shit so much earlier and, like, doesn't have his support and is, like, you know, um, has his first failure as a superhero already, right? And that was something that Sean called out in the book where it's, like, up until the point where, we're, where we are in it right now, um, you know, he's pretty much just been been nailing it the the change to make the reveal earlier and have it be sort of like a a mystery i think was a good choice in order to entice a tv viewer because you don't have to uh, you mentioned earlier you don't have to wait for that reveal but at the same time it also builds like this longer term intrigue that you Mm. could sort of that, that pays off down the road that you can kind of follow and the, the Damien was dark blood. You said, yeah, he, I generally thought he was a monkey in the, um, in the comic. So to see him like fully realized as a demon here, I was like, Oh, that's what he's supposed to be. That makes him cooler. But also it's a shame that I, I did. You don't see him again, really. So I like the fact that this character gets introduced and has a bigger role. Um, I, I like it for the way that the show is sort of changing the narrative for the show. Whereas I think my expectations would have been, been a little bit closer. And so like, I kind of wanted that reveal to be a little farther down the line. Once we have more of a relationship with, um, with Mark, with Omni-Man and all that stuff. Um, But I understand why they made that choice. Yeah. I think, I think those choices definitely made, made sense. I think a lot of the changes were, were welcome. Um, You know, Filling in the boxes, uh, you know, making Amber a black woman, uh, making William gay. I think those were great choices because, um, you know, we we lambasted the book during our book club for not having enough uh, representation. And so the, the show is already starting to uh, deal with that, yeah. wrestle with that. Um, I will say, I think a lot of the narrative changes we're welcome, but I'm curious as to how they're going to actually work going forward. One of my complaints about these three episodes, I totally see why they had to release three, because if you had to watch these episode by episode, I think they're, they're kind of boring. Um, mm. I, I think taken, taken together, I was like, cool, this is good stuff. Uh, it hit a lot of the early beats that I expected and anticipated. And I like the way they thread the needle of the Nolan Omni-Man is a villain thing on the sideline. I appreciate that story. Um, but I don't know if, if, if people had to wait three weeks to see each of these episodes, I don't know how well this would be received. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives me hope that the final five will kind of ramp things up. I totally anticipated that the end of the third episode would get us you know, the return of the immortal and, you know, Omni-Man killing him and yeah. seeing that mm-hmm. for them to not go that down that road was really surprising. 
Um, and so again, I'm curious to see how are they going to make this last for another five episodes? Yeah. And it made me ask the question of like, are they going to try to make that last? Like, cause like, could that come in two more episodes and then there's three more, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it the way that the story was paced and like the way that it would kind of have like an A plot and then like a B plot but sometimes it would be like a B and a C plot, like these little kind of things that were laying those threads. Um, I thought that that was cool because it's it, it speaks to, you know, kind of what we've been talking about um, with WandaVision and, and like Falcon Winter Soldier, where like I like that the streaming platform element of it, like lets it be what every episode needs to be, you know, like it doesn't have to adhere to like a super strict or rigid kind of um formula or anything but um i do think that you know what you said sean like i i think if you had just put out the first episode that might have been okay because like it ends on a big cliffhanger like mo like wow moment um but i definitely get what you mean for two and three like feeling like they're i like i finished two and i remember thinking um I remember thinking after I had watched one, I was like, I'm going to watch two and then I might take a break and like eat lunch or whatever. And I'll come back and watch three later. And I was like, oh no, fuck that. Like, let's go next one. Um, which is good that I was that interested in it, but it also kind of ask begs the question of like, is this going to work as well week to week as event television versus if they had just put it out like the Netflix model or whatever, you know? Right. What about you, Kale? Yeah. I'll be curious to see, if people remember what happened on these uh, episodes that don't um, feature something big, right? Like like the end of the first episode, the Omni-Man thing. Two and three don't so much have that. Don't have anything to carry it that, you know, that, that way. So uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what will carry audiences through week to week mm -hmm. if that makes sense i, I thought um, that sorry go ahead well i was gonna go into to my thoughts about the narrative so please yeah no no i was just gonna say the the end for episode three i think was interesting because they introduced the robot thread early mm -hmm. and that was something that i'm like oh, okay cool this at least is enticing because i think i agree with the second episode um but the third the way that it ends definitely worked for me i thought they were to keep him for example in the shadow and you can just kind of like make out a silhouette and like wait that's robot but then to have the reveal i think mm. was uh was good to bring people back uh, at least for me the only the only thing i would say in response to that is that that probably means a lot more to you uh as someone who's already read the book than for someone sure. who's yeah. coming into this fresh but that's, what were you gonna say Kim? yeah that's true uh actually something kind of along those lines um I think a lot of the reason some of the narrative changes don't work for me necessarily is because I read uh, Invincible so recently. Hmm. Um, there were things like like Omni-Man's uh, betrayal um, felt, felt like the, the stakes weren't as high, like it wasn't creating high enough stakes hmm. <clears throat> um, huh. because because like in the in the comic he fucking wrecks them 
And I mean, there's no goddamn question. I see. Uh, but in this, and I see, I see why they did it. Um, in 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 the show, he lets himself get beat up so that he can pass off the mystery, and that makes sense. Oh, see, I don't even. That's not how I read it. I read you it. Don't that, think so? No, I mean, I read it that he planned on wiping them out and leaving, and he got yeah, he, fucking clocked and, and knocked out. Yeah, see, I, I don't, uh, I don't think so because of the way he just annihilates the Flaxons. That's different, though. I feel like the Flaxons are not as big of a threat. At, or I, fit, I, uh, yeah. I don't think they are either, but he annihilates them. Yeah, but I, I think it's... My my thought on that is that the Flaxons are, are only such a... Like, they only seem like a big deal because it's the teen team who's fighting them and they're not that good, you know? Um, like... Omni Man. I think any of the Guardians of the Globe could probably have clowned them out. Yeah, I, I read that situation as he he expected to sort of go in winning, but kind of got caught off by just how much they were able to like damage they would do on him, and mm. then he just kind of like fell into the role of just like oh, I don't Went know. That's why he, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was my okay. read on it, but I but I think either way, like to your point, Kale. Um, I, I think it's interesting that you that you feel that way because I think for me because you specifically linked that to the fact that you had recently read the book, correct? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's one of the things that yeah. So for me, with that, I, I think that was one of the first moments where it was like this is a big change, right? Like the other changes that had happened up and uh, up until that point, I was like, oh, neat seance dog. Oh, neat. The interior of their house is different, right? Because. They have two incomes. Cool. Like, those are little things. But that, as soon as they all show up there, and I was like, oh, they're doing this now. Like, he's getting them all in the same room. What the fuck? And then for for him to be like, when you hit that middle point of the fight, and you can tell that he's starting to struggle, that was when I was like, oh, like, is he going to lose? And and I was wondering, like, are some of them going to survive? Like... And I started asking those questions. And for me, as somebody who like 100% knows where it's going, that was exciting. You know, like that was an exciting moment that I think for me as somebody who did recently read the book and also like knows it as well as I do, like it was fun to have it subvert my expectations yet again. <laughs> but see, I, I felt that same way and asked those same questions. But when it ended the way it did, it sort of, it, to me, it felt like it was... I don't know. It, it it lessened it because he didn't, you know, annihilate them. I feel like you could have accomplished the same thing they were going for because I think I think Kale's right in the sense that the mystery element was clearly important to the narrative to be yeah. able to continue on for a few episodes with these question marks, which the book does as well. But I mm-hmm. think you can accomplish that same goal without him being lessened by uh, kind of getting beat up by them. Yeah. Um, it, it puts Mark in a position where he has to like kind of step up to the plate while mm-hmm. his dad is is not available. Um, but I don't from for me, I enjoyed the fight. I thought like visually it was very cool. And yeah. I loved that yeah. we got to see the team actually use their powers and actually fight back. Yes. But yeah. I, I also agree that it took away from Omni Man that he didn't just smoke them out. Yeah. Um, so I feel both ways about it, I guess. It's interesting. He, I, I just saw that uh, Red Rush just went into your room. 
Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, that's, you know, if you guys feel that way, that's how you feel. I think it's interesting just because, like, for me, it kind of did the inverse. It didn't make Omni-Man feel weaker as much as it made them feel stronger, which that worked for me, I guess. You know, because similarly, I thought it was kind of cool how the opening of the show was, like, we actually got to see them do something, you know, yes. and, like, be yeah. in action. Yeah. Um and I think again, like if you're if you're a new uh, viewer, right? Like if, if you've never touched the book, I think that's going to be really shocking that like all these characters are introduced in the first issue or episode, and you're like, oh, okay, they're like the Justice Leagues, and then they all just get fucking murked, you know? <laughs> Speaking of openings, the title card, um, where it just like cuts every time someone says the word invincible the first time, I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then the second I did it, I'm like, I right, like chill out. That's that's like too on the nose. Like, yeah, the the first one was you know down almost like towards the end yeah. of the episode. I'm like, okay, cool, I get it. That's yeah. like a nice way to you know inject that. But then the second one was like almost at the beginning, and then the other one was like halfway through the middle. So like, all right, chill the fuck and, out. Well, and the and the third one too, uh, it almost cuts off an entire sentence like it feels it cuts yeah. in like way too early i thought that was super awkward it was I, I agree with you i thought it was cute though cute enough the first time but like yeah the second time i was like all right guys come on that was just nitpicky that's some kirkman ass shit though <laughs> so um we talked a little bit about about the animation and and you know like the fight choreography and everything um, I kind of wanted to to circle back to that because, you know, um, that is kind of like one of the, I think, visually defining things of Invincible, right? Is like it has this like kind of light and sunny look to it, right? The character designs are very colorful and like it gives the vibe of one kind of book and then it'll hit you with a moment like that where it just goes to 11 and it gets fucking really brutal. Um how did you guys feel about that in terms of like the translation and animation versus like on the page? Cause like I found it to be like the last fight, it was like really striking, you know? And like, it, it was gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I called out in the book club, the fact that I felt like there were some times where the violence was a little too gratuitous. And I definitely felt that here as well. In fact, probably more so. Yeah. There were mm -hmm. times when it was just a little much, like them stepping on an eyeball and it exploding. Yeah. Like th there was like Marco's like Marco's big goofy grin when you said that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I love yeah. that shit. <laughs> like twenty people vomited. Um, there was yeah. a scene that the, the the scene that I disliked the most um, was the scene where I forget who died. Someone someone's body. I think it was. In the start of episode two, someone's body gets flown over and exploded in front of those two, the father, son. And no, they, that the, oh, the that was the garbage bag. bag. Oh, okay, the garbage bag. They use that like disgusting moment yeah. to have a moment between the father and the son. And it's like, nah. What? Like real, real people would definitely have had a way more visceral reaction than that. And I just feel like they were trying to be too cute. And that that was like, ah, come on, man. This is a lot of violence for people to be reacting so cavalier. Well, that wasn't violence, though. That was just the garbage bag. It was ketchup. Yeah, but 
Oh, wait, that was ketchup? I yeah, thought that was ketchup. supposed to be. I thought that was blood. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. That's what I thought at first, but it yeah, was just, I, it was the burger, the burger meat thing. Yeah, he remember he throws the garbage bag at, at his job and it fucking flies away. Okay, it was it was okay, that okay, moment. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. So you I could, yeah, that. yeah. You could probably make a case that it could be like hamburger blood or something, but yeah, I, I think it's just I, okay. And it's cool. trash I, juice because I read it that way when when it happened. I was like, at what first. the fuck? And I was like, oh no, okay, it's just. That's a fake out. <laughs> I'm glad no. to be wrong about that. The see the violence in this show is what I expected in the book, and I make a comment about that in, in the book club. But that was this is sort of the expectation that when like I understood Invincible to be like a violent comic, this is sort of like the level that I was expecting, and that's just like you know my personal threshold for it is this wasn't to me this was gratuitous, but I I enjoy that kind of. Uh, that kind of uh, violence in, in in media. I I I definitely um it, it wasn't a turnoff for me, but it, it definitely like like I th- I think I already said this. It was striking. Like the when you get to that fight and it is like you see it actually happening moment to moment, not like a, a shard of it, right? Or like you get the end result of the body smashed into the ground, and that's bad enough. But it's it's still. You know, like the scene where he like fucking um, the he like I think it was Darkwing where he like grabbed him and he like flung him and his fucking body rips open and shit. And like and like where he's like squeezing Red Rush's head as he's like fucking punching him and his wrists break and shit. It was a lot. His eyeball pops out. His eyeball pops out. You can hear it go. Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) It's it's kind of weird because I almost feel like I would have been more okay with it if it weren't animated. Like really? I never had these feelings about yeah. the boys or Punisher. Yeah. Oh sure. I think I, I can't say why. I, I I think it's that you you know in it's it's the medium itself. You know you you are watching that happen. You know on the TV, whereas with a comic you can kind of fill in the blanks and you don't like if you don't want to like in your head you don't have to fill out that space. But you know, he was somebody, like- somebody goes to step on an eyeball. Uh, no, I don't want to see that. Okay, let's go on to the next thing. <laughs> I was talking about the Punisher and the Boys TV show, like live action, though. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I don't know though. I I agree with you, and I don't know why. I also can't like articulate that because like with like Kick Ass, right? Like I I think I brought that up in the book club. Like I like that. Yes. I think that's funny. You know, and maybe it's because it's supposed to be funny and it's played like it's funny, and this was played like it was serious, and that's why it's gross. But yeah, I don't know. Um. Cut. Some of those, some of those scenes were though, like uh, definitely the vomiting scenes. Like that looked like a bit that they had. Oh yeah, that was some a bit. Of the episodes, but but it it would have worked better for me had the animation not been bad. Of them, it's just like, like it was like a really <laughs> bad like head bob down. It was like like three frames. Was, yeah. Like, <laughs> the fuck? At least give it the attention if you're gonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, man. Like these are eight hour long episode animated shows. They don't. First of all, you don't get hour long animated shows. That money had to go somewhere, and it was the fight, not the vomit. <laughs> I mean, maybe they should have dispensed that cash a little, a little further. Maybe a little. Um, I will say though, like I think it's episode, yeah, episode two where he meets Eve, and they have like the shots of them like flying around the city and everything. I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. yeah, like you have yeah, really yeah. strong moments, and then it's like the simpler moments are where it's like a, it feels a little bit. I think Kale said stiff. Yeah, and I think that's fair to say. 
the um, flaxen scene when Ami Man's there on, on the planet and like destroying everything, and it's all like a contrast of blacks, reds, whites. That was crazy. Awesome, awesome. And and they used uh, a lot of CG for some of it, which I think was done really well here because sometimes you'll get CG animation in in, in, uh, in like an anime or in like a, an animated television show, and it doesn't always work. It but this. Out. Yeah, it, this this worked pretty well. Like when all the flaxens were there coming out and, and charging, um, when they were rotating the cameras during that the the scene where he's destroying the home world, that I think it worked pretty well uh, in, in this case. It, what was funny to me is that I because I agree with you, it works in that case. And I remember the other instance of three D animation that stuck out to me. I remember like I thought looked bad, and it was such an easier thing. And it was the flags at the high school. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there, I was like, oh, that's like that just looks out like everything else looks so natural, and that looks kind of plastered on. Whereas like this elaborate fight scene or not fight scene I guess but just destruction set piece I was like oh you guys nailed that one but the flags were too much <laughs> can, we, can we talk about my favorite parts of this show yeah thank you the monster girl parts yes. oh, so, hell yeah. so that I, I'm on record monster girl is my favorite character from Invincible this show did a great job of explaining her power set and why she is how she is without that weird ass comic issue where they had to go into it in like in depth with all the, all the different characters. Like it was very easy for them to just say, I got cursed. I am not a little girl. I'm actually 24. I'm going to continue to de-age. So I can't use my powers all day. That I thought was really effective I really enjoyed the the confrontation between her and Rex Blode. It was really well done. Um, and they nailed her character without um, they didn't. I didn't feel like they because obviously a character like that could be controversial by modern standards. But I didn't think that they took away anything from her. She still mm-hmm. felt like the same person. Um, and I was really happy to see that because I was so worried they were going to neuter her. We'll see how it goes. But for these three episodes, I thought they did a great job. She told her explode. He has a tiny dick. I can't imagine. I can't imagine they're gonna neuter her. And they also like the the way that where she was like talking about how she wants to be in a relationship, and she's like the only guys who are interested are going through puberty or on a sex offenders list. And I was like, they're not pulling any punches with her, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't feel um, expositional either. Like it, yes, it, it felt smooth and organic in the way they presented that information as well. Similarly, I felt, I felt uh, they, they kind of handled the uh, introduction of black Samson in the same way of like, they very quickly were like, he was an original member of the team. He lost his power. So he wasn't around. Now he's got the suit. Like you get all of that in that one group scene and it's really fucking quick and it doesn't feel like, Oh, we're just vomiting information at you, you know? Mm. Cause it happens through dialogue. Completely agree. Um, so, Kale, uh, I, something that you had said I wanted to to pull on um, because it, it, I, I was interested in it. You you said that the the voice cast uh, didn't work for you. What about it? What about it was tough for you? It, some of it feels, and this is going to sound, I don't know, dumb, but some of it feels a bit wasted. Like, uh, and, and granted, we're only three episodes in, so you know, whatever. But like it feels like Walter Goggins as Cecil. Oh, he's Cecil. Oh shit. I love Walton Goggins. I do too, but he's like, 
Cecil is such a, uh, a front facing character. Like, why wouldn't you give that to Mark Hamill? Well, some of those, some of, some of the casting choices just feel a bit wasted. I feel like we're going to, we're going to get, like, we know that Cecil is going to be a bigger player. Like, yeah. Just through that. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think if anything, like they introduced him earlier in this than they do in the book, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I, I know that um, with Mark Hamill, uh, one of the characters that Kirkman specifically called out as having a bigger role in the show is actually art. So, um, is Mark Hamill playing art? Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice. Next time you hear his voice, think about the fact that it's him and you'll hear it. <laughs> yeah. I I love Jason Jason Manzukis. Um, that's Rex Yeah, he, yeah. yeah he's he is very not good. one that's wasted for sure. <laughs> I felt the exact opposite. He doesn't sound like enough like a kid that or because like I'm assuming the teen the teen team supposed to be like under twenty. He sounds like and this is just me. He sounds like Jason Manzukis as if he were like in this show because sure. he does you know he he, has he just has qualities. his voice he just I has know. his voice the same way like seth rogan too yeah seth yeah rogan, i mean who was seth rogan alan, alan the alien okay oh cool, really cool. yeah yeah oh damn um i i hated rex lord he was so annoying he's such right? a fucking asshole oh my <laughs> god see i guess i think for me like i agree with you like i hated him but i also like that's kind of how i feel about rex like he sucks yeah. and he's a douchebag yeah. so like oh. i liked that he had kind of like go away heat and like i love that like monster girl beat the fucking shit out of him yeah it's not a critique uh <laughs> yeah. just like i just hate him sure okay. but i'm supposed to so it's fine <laughs> yeah. yeah i i got a i got a kick out of that and i thought it was so fucking funny like where, like i remember um the where like Invincible finally stops her from beating the shit out of him, and he's just like "fuck you, asshole" or whatever. I literally was like "fuck you, man!" Like he's such a douchebag. He should have just let him get his fucking clock clean for another twenty minutes. I did appreciate how uh, Rex Exploded Monster Girl were just able to like reconcile their differences. Like, oh <laughs> yeah. my bad, I went too hard. Oh sorry, shouldn't have said that to you. I enjoyed that. I I, I also I love how he's like he's like you're good, we're good, you punch really hard <laughs> and like that's the end of it <laughs> if i can speak to something else i really enjoyed yeah. uh it's the way that the show handles omni-man that's uh very different than the comic yeah. so in the show he's showcasing some of the darker elements of his character that. before you know the reveal um and you see how he punches his son and it's like he really hit him and I felt like the comic book version of, of, of Omni-Man would not have done that. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a shift, but it was appreciated because it gives you an idea that there's something like deeper happening with him. That's wrong. Uh, rather than him just being like, well, I, I want to kill, I, I got to kill the, the, the guardians or whatever for reasons. Like he's a troubled person and we're going to find out why that is the way he's, very cavalier about oh uh, i just saved the world from this kaiju which i'm sure kale really appreciated um <laughs> let's have dinner now you know and then just kind of sweeping everything under the rug he very much reminded me of which i think the book was going for but didn't get across as well a man a real life human male who has problems with their emotions mm -hmm. you know like not necessarily an abusive parent but a man who just doesn't know how to like talk and get yeah. his stuff out. Well, I and think... I like that. Like they, they kind of acknowledge that too. Like Debbie yeah. 
yes calls out that he's acting strangely and like you know is like what like all your like all your friends just died and you're talking about getting pizza like what the fuck's going on with you right like right the fact that um you can see the cracks starting to form like i'm very interested to see why like why that choice right is is it like is that gonna is it just because we're seeing this play out a different way and these characters are a little bit different than the ones that we know so they're you know thinking and acting a little bit differently or is it like is is Nolan's identity going to be like revealed? You know, is he not going to tell Mark? Is someone else going to expose him? You know, don't we know? Well, I guess I'm. Uh, I feel I thought the trailers kind of showed that Mark discovers it a similar way. Maybe I'm totally mistaken. Uh, there's a line that alludes to that, but I'm wondering if like could could Mark see that on TV and then meet up with him and have that same confrontation? You I know, see. you know, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And how much does that matter material materially? I don't know. But like, yeah, it's interesting to think the ways in which the story is going to have to ebb and flow both big and small in the ways that already has because they've been making these changes and, you know, um, whether yeah. quietly or loudly. I just to marry um, the voice casting and then uh, Debbie, I thought Sandra O. Oh did a really great job yeah. of bringing, bringing her character to life because she is much more of a forefront character to, to what Sean just said about, you know, her calling, um, calling Nolan out, but also she, you see that she catches certain things and in certain interactions mm-hmm. and they focus in on her and she doesn't say anything, but she sort of carries it. Um, when Mark, when Mark tells her like, uh, you can't hit me or you can't make me, you know, she she deals with that in a very like it, her character deals with that. Oh, in a really I great love way. that. She's like, does that make you feel big? You know, or yeah. whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. so like I I think I think that was great casting, and I think they're they're really doing a, a really good service to her character, especially considering um, what may happen later. Um, like I, I I wonder how that's gonna affect her when she finds out because she's been built as this really strong character to yeah. see that that like collapse. She's a character who I, I didn't really get to speak to this too much in the in the review, uh, the book club rather, but uh, I felt like she was severely underserved in the book, at least as mm-hmm. far as we read. But this show is putting her front and center, and I'm so grateful for that because, you know, I get that the that Kirkman seems to be going for a, a, examining a father son relationship, and that's a lot of what the book is. But you know, your mother is just as present. And mm. I love how we're seeing where Mark's softer side comes from. It's from his mom, who is this warm person who understands how to, uh, for lack of a better term, like tame the beast. Like he's coming into his own. He's got these powers. He thinks he's invincible. He thinks that, you know, he can't be told anything. And she finds a way into him that isn't about, you know, the physicality. It's about the emotion and I really, really appreciated that. Um, and I hope that she stays relevant throughout the series and doesn't f- kind of fall back into the shadows like what happens in the book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I love Debbie as a character. And I think she's one of the more interesting characters in the book because of everything she goes through. And like she is so strong. Um, but I agree, like it's never about her. Right. And even in just these three uh, episodes, she feels like so much more. Um, so much more of an actor, you know, and like what's going on with her family. And like, I appreciate that a lot. 
Um, and, and I think similarly, similarly to Sandra Oh, I, I also really want to praise uh, Stephen Yin. I think he did a great job as Mark. Um, I think, I think like something that I'm appreciating about his um, portrayal of the character, and also the fact that Mark, at a younger point in his his career, is experiencing some some failures and some turbulence. I feel like he's bringing like a vulnerability to the character that is not always expressed as well in the comics. Um, I think they like Kirkman gets there, but I think, you know, um, Sean, I think you said in, in our book club, right. That like, you know, you felt like Mark had a bit of like, a, um, like a Mary Sue problem, right. Where it's like, yeah. he kind of just can, he's the rookie, but he runs in and he just figures it out, you know, and, and it's all good. And like in this, right. Like um, he's had a lot more, you know, uh, misses than hits, right? Mm-hmm. Like even, um, like I, like I, I really liked how they humanized like his first failure with that that woman. Um, I think it was Mary, right? Where like he, it's the one person that he manages to actually save during the Flaxen thing, right? And then like that's the first person that he loses to. Um, and and I liked how they they kind of rooted that in a a very personal kind of way um but also mechanically i thought it was pretty cool how um it 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 did that very like matter of fact look at a superhero thing with that as well where right where like she's there and he swoops in and saves her and then he gets shot and he lands on her and like fucks her up more right and like that was like a real like and he's like oh no like he fumbles it and it's like a very like a kid who doesn't know what he's doing dropping a catch right or whatever and it's like so you get that like sense of his kind of childishness a little bit mm. um and i like that about about specifically you know um the combination of the writing and how steven's been bringing the role or like he when he confronts omni man right and he's like i need you to know that i'm strong enough like i need you to to hit me right and like you can hear like his voice break and all those kinds of things like i think i think he's he's doing a good job yeah, I I, I, I like Steven Yen. I think he's a, a, a talented actor and um he's doing a good job with Mark. I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from uh saying that the problems that I have with the character in the book are solved because you know there's a long road ahead sure. and uh I will I will definitely be more comfortable making that judgment once we get through the the next five. But uh, I agree with you that it's already an improvement. Definitely. Um, so, uh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, I, ahead, I wanted to ask yeah. you, Pete. Um, so with what we got from these three episodes, um, if someone were to, I, I mean, you know, go from here, I guess, and then want to read the books, do you feel like the the the, the show sets you up well to then transition to reading the books or do you feel like you know there's there's like a an issue there i think it does um and and i think i think it it benefits in the same way that that kirkman handled the walking dead in my mind where like i know um i i've mentioned on the show proper in the past so if you're a longtime listener um you know that that was my inroad to image you know in, in a lot of ways like i read spawn and and witchblade and stuff before that but whatever um i saw the first season of the walking dead and like 
learned that it was based on a comic and was like, oh, cool, like, let me check this out. And when I read it and, you know, it had the same vibe and the same, like, it, it appealed to me for the same reasons that the show had, but it was totally different in, in many, many ways. Um, that was, like, extremely exciting for me as a reader because then it was like, oh, cool, like, I, I, one isn't going to spoil the other. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the biggest thing that you can spoil for yourself in Invincible is the reveal. Right. And the reveal is at the end of the first episode. So if you watch this and you connected with it and you were like, I love this, like, this is great. I think you can totally go pick up the, the book and start getting into it. And, you know, um, yeah, you'll know that that those things are coming. So that moment might not land for you uh, quite the same way. But, you know, um, I, I, I think because it's not trying to do the panel for panel thing and it's kind of letting Invincible the show be its own thing to some level, um, I think that only benefits you as a fan of Invincible. Anyone disagree with that? Guess not. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so something I wanted to touch on uh, before we get too far away from like the examination of Mark as a character that I thought was interesting as well. Um, Sean, you called out earlier about how you know there is there was the decision to uh, to make Amber black and to make William out and Mark, um, you know, and and Debbie are both uh, not. It's never like expressly said that they're white, but like you know, obviously they look like a white family. Um, whereas now like Sandra O oh and, and she is Korean and Mark is, you know, half Korean, half Viltrumite. Um, so actually, you know, making him like, you know, I, I, like a, a potentially right. Like, a a, a shot at like, a, a I don't want to say the first, right. But like how many prominent Asian American superheroes are there? Um, not too many. Right. So that's pretty cool. And I saw, I saw a lot of people, um, like praising that choice and and stoked about it so i think that's that's pretty cool how dare they change my comics they're political that's agendas. what we need is more white leading men in superhero comics pushing their <laughs> political agendas i definitely dig it i do believe um that that's something that we need more of but i'm very curious to see how they will handle the casting of the character when it comes time for the movie mm. yeah yeah I don't know. We'll have to see, I guess. Whoever plays him in the movie will define Invincible. Um, unfortunately, it won't be Steven Yen's voice acting because there will be a film. So whatever that is, is what people will end up associating the character with. It's a Yo. shame that Steven Yen is old. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. that. Because like, if yeah. he was young enough to play him in live action, I'd, I'd fucking get right behind that choice, dude. I love him. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice, uh, you brought up the, the, the film that, uh, is apparently still in development and I'm sure will be a lot easier to get off the ground now, um, is that, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are attached to produce that, like their production company or whatever is the ones behind it. Obviously Seth Rogen involved in this, um, through his voicing of Alan, but I saw that he and, and Evan were both actually also executive producers on this mm -hmm. which i mm -hmm. thought was pretty interesting um and i'm wondering if maybe the um the portrayal of of some of these characters and and the way that some of the things have changed in the show might bleed into the film 
um, considering that there's a you know a decent chance that the show might become um, you know a more popular interpretation. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how they kind of marry those things and like is the movie gonna be a third interpretation that's doing its own thing or is it gonna kind of blend elements of both? Is it gonna lean more towards just doing the comics and I don't know, but. It's an it's exciting question to ask for me as an Invincible fan that thought none of these things would ever come together. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. And, and again, all that remains to be seen. Uh, I think it's just cool that there's buzz around a an animated show, right? Not even a live action show. An animated show based on a, a, a popular within comics, uh, yeah. you know, adaptation. Uh, I think that's cool and worthy of celebration, regardless of where we go with the movie down the road. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for that fact. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think it would be in a also another universe? Like, would would we get Defiant Dog or something? <laughs> I, I, I don't know that they would maybe like lean into those same things, but I think it would probably be an alternate universe because I think that the this being an alternate universe thing is going to. I think that's going to be nodded to at some point. I think that might play a role in the story. Um, Kirkman doesn't usually make nods like that for no reason. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see wherever it goes, frankly. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think, you know, that that seems like a pretty good end point. Um, I am I'm super excited to, to see where this goes. And, you know, I think if these three episodes are any indication of um, – of the level of quality that we can expect. I'm, I'm really satisfied uh, with where we're at and, you know, I'm excited to see where we go. Um, the fact that there are like five more hour long uh, entries for this is, is super exciting to me. Um, and I think, I think the only thing um, that is, that could get in the way of my, my hype level right now is if, uh, if I get to the end of the next episode and feel like I really need the next one. Um, so I, I hope that the week to week model uh, serves us and the show well. Um, but either way, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see where we land. So uh, we'll be back next week with more. We watch Invincible. Uh, make sure you tune in every Friday when we publish it and we talk about the show. And then, of course, we're also watching uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So if you want to go check out our thoughts on that fine superhero program, you can go check out that show hosted by Sean. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out, you can go head over and uh, catch the Comics Pals proper, which is our weekly comic book podcast where we talk about the news, the characters, the movies, the TV shows, all that stuff. Um, so if you want you know, to hear uh, a bunch of goobers who occasionally have good opinions uh talk about everything Speak going on in the world <laughs> all right sean's maybe not a goober but the rest of us <laughs> definitely are <laughs> if you want to keep up with all that and keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world of comics uh we have you covered and we've also got a growing community over on our discord where you can come chat about invincible whatever books you're reading whatever shows you're watching uh we're there so come be a part of what we're doing over here and uh hopefully we'll catch you next week for another episode of we watch invincible take care Take care, guys. I'm a goofy. <laughs> <laughs>